This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I heard at least 20 shots, right, in, in, in intervals. You know, clipping, spent, reloading, clipping, spent, reloading, clipping, spent. That's what I heard. And then I saw the carnage as I ran down the street here. And so we have it. Here we are, Oakley Show, Monday edition. Who knew? Uh, everybody waking up this morning, if you didn't hear the news last night, obviously greeted with the tragic story off the Danforth, uh, where two people have uh, died as a result of gunfire from an individual who was confronted uh, very soon after by the police and uh, still waiting word whether it was a suicide or, in fact, felled by a police bullet. But Nonetheless, we know he's 29. Other than that, uh, no other background information uh, until the police decide to release it in the public interest. But they're holding uh, firm on that right now. And so a lot of this is just a wild conjecture as to possible motive. Uh, It makes no sense. And that's the problem when you've got the irrational and we try to make sense out of the chaos. A lot of times we're left to flounder. And then we point fingers in various directions as to what could be done to address this. Now, I know that Councillor Paula Fletcher, uh, she's in the neighborhood, in the Upper Beach there. She actually weighed in earlier today saying there's no place for guns in this city. Why do we have handguns in the city of Toronto? We don't have the National Rifle Association here. We have pretty logical people. There really is no place for a handgun or an automatic weapon in a city. And then you've got the mayor. He says it's worth questioning why anybody should have even a single gun. You've heard me ask the question of why anybody would need to buy 10 or 20 guns, which they can lawfully do under the present laws. And that leads to another question we need to discuss. Why does anyone in this city need to have a gun at all? And I know even answering that question won't fully eliminate tragedies like this, but even if we can prevent one of these incidents, then in my view, it is a discussion worth having and having very soon. Well, there you go. Uh, So the gun is being blamed, or at least how easily or readily uh, they can be accessed. And then you've got other answers or questions that arise uh, that supposedly speak to the issue, and that would be root causes. Now, Peter Tabbins is the NDP MPP for Toronto Danforth. He's joined us here on the Oakley Show. And uh, Peter, I heard you earlier today suggesting that maybe this is a root causes question. Would you uh, tell us exactly what you mean by that? Uh, uh, John, I'm not... First of all, John, good to talk with you again. Yep. Um, secondly, uh, I, when I talked about root causes today, I was talking more about gang-related violence. We don't know what this is, and I, I have no idea what caused this attack. No one does, frankly. I'm waiting to hear what the police uh, conclude and then look at the evidence they bring out. I, I think then we can talk about what caused this problem. But at this well, point, okay. we're, we're just all in the dark, John. I understand until uh, the individual is ID'd and we have more background to fill in that narrative, uh, then we can address it in a more realistic or practical yeah, way. But, exactly. But I guess I would say uh, if there's one maybe overarching uh, approach or theme to it, whether it's mental illness, whether it's guns, whether it's uh, not enough staffing of police or resources, the political will 
to address this in a meaningful way. I mean, we had this carnage along Young Street, uh, and I get it. It's it's random, and sometimes you know you uh, you just don't know where it will rear its ugly head. But in all cases, could we say the political will may be lacking to tackle this in a, a very serious fashion? Well, I would certainly say that when it comes to dealing with gangs and youth violence, I haven't seen the political will apply itself because you're talking about very large-scale investment and action. So I, I haven't seen that at all. Uh, but again, John, we don't know what we've got here. Uh, you, you had that clip earlier uh, from Councillor Fletcher. Uh, yes, and uh, you can pick any reason you want for why someone would do something as terrible and as hor- horrific as this. Um, but if they didn't have access to guns, their ability to go after large numbers of people would be cut back dramatically. So I, I think that... Uh, Councillor Fletcher and, and Mayor Tory had good points there that access to guns is a, a really substantial problem. Now, as you're well aware, uh, handguns are restricted weapons. The RCMP oversees uh, the licensing of those who can access them. My sense is from other news reports I've seen that there are a lot of illegal handguns circulating out around there, and I don't get a sense that cracking down on those who are uh, selling or renting illegal handguns is at the level that needs to be there. I think it should be a priority for provincial and municipal police uh, to track down these gun trafficking networks and shut them down. Well, you know, and you know who would not disagree with you? The legal gun owners. They're not the problem. Well, generally, I think that's true, although I have noted recently uh, indications that there are people who can legally buy guns who become sellers. Uh, and I think you're right, John. If, if legal gun owners would unite with everyone else and just shut down the illegal market, it wouldn't eliminate the problem, but it would make things better. And I think it would make sense to actually put time and resources into shutting down these illegal sales. Well, there you go. That's a political will question again. What about a porous border? Well, I think, John, you're really stretching uh, Sorry, in terms of gun imports from the United States, you know, I, I have to say the most recent reports I've seen indicated uh, that the larger problem we have is people who can legally buy guns, buying them, and then reselling them on the black market. So I'm sure there's a problem with guns coming up from the United States. It makes sense to me that it's something that has to be identified and, and stomped out. Um, but I think this resale from people who have legal access to them seems to be a pretty big problem in terms of reports I've seen in newspapers. Well, you're not certainly suggesting that there be uh, a total prohibition on anybody owning a gun legally or otherwise. No, although I can't see any reason why anyone needs a handgun, frankly. I don't even see the the need for sport handgun shooting. Uh, That makes no sense to me given the risks that we're running. Clearly, people who are security guards uh, driving those armored vehicles around, they do need guns. I don't think there's any argument about that. Um, but I think beyond the police and those people who are doing it uh, to protect themselves from attack, I don't see why you would have legal handguns in this society. There is no point to it. Um, if you're in the countryside and uh, you need a long gun, I've never thought that they should be banned, but I did think, and I do think, they should be heavily regulated. So you would eliminate sport shooting? Uh, of handguns? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Peter Tabbins is with us, NDP MPP for Toronto Danforth. 
Boy, you'd get a lot of pushback on that. I might well. I got a lot of pushback on it in the 90s when I was chairing the Board of Health and we were talking about gun control. The, the handgun enthusiasts were really strongly against any sort of regulation like that. But look at the carnage on the streets. I don't think there's anyone who could justify uh, that position. Well, we'll have to track and trace exactly where this individual got his. And uh, as you said earlier, and this is, again, the great frustration I have on a day like today where we can't really credibly speak to what motivated this person, who he was, what. And so uh, we're left to just, you know, wonder about a shattered neighborhood and how this impacts the psyche of all Torontonians. Look, the the taste of the Danforth is coming up in, uh, what, two two weeks? weeks. Yeah. How do you think it'll impact turnout? I, I... I have to say it's hard to predict the future. My sense is that people will come together in any event and come to the Danforth in large numbers. It's very rare that anything like this happens on the Danforth, very rare. And I think people recognize that. I think that the the taste is such a big, fun event that it's going to be very hard for people to say, no, I'm not going to go to it. I suspect that that, uh, there may be, uh, over the next week or two, some reduction in the number of people coming to the Danforth, but I think it will rebound. Our experience, your experience, John, I'm, I've seen your photo in restaurants in the Danforth. You've been there a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the experience people have is that it's extremely pleasant. It's a really wonderful way to spend an evening uh, walking along the Danforth with friends, stopping in bars, stopping in restaurants, and I think people will come back to it. But I I still think you're right. People are very shaken by this. Have you spoken to some of the shopkeepers? I mean, uh, Dimitri's was the place, I guess, the shooting started through the windows there. Uh, Have you spoken to any of the the people there? No, I haven't. I I talked to people at the Business Improvement Association. They're still trying to figure out how to go forward on this. Uh, Because the Danforth is closed down, they can't get onto the Danforth. Mm -hmm. So uh, the businesses are closed. I think people are trying to figure out how they're going to come to grips with this. I know the the Greektown BIA was meeting today figuring out where they're going to what they're going to do going forward. And I I think for all of them they're just trying to grapple with this right now. Yeah, that's my friend Dino. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your friend Dino. Well, you know, I mean when uh, they talk about 1.4 million people over the 3 days, August 10, 11 and 12, I mean that's not insignificant. We'll have to wait and see. Yep what the attendance is like, but hopefully uh, we'll return to some sense of normalcy as a, you know, we've all grappled with this notion when there's a sense of not just innocence, but uh, even complacency. We take for granted that, you know, you go to a place like a cafe, a restaurant on a street in your own neighborhood, your community, uh, it should not be shattered by some willful act of violence from somebody who's a homicidal maniac. Yeah, or, or even just walking down Young Street. Well, frankly. for sure, as we saw three months ago yes, exactly. to the actual date. All right. Well, uh, Peter, I hope you can give uh, solace to the people there. And uh, again, condolences obviously uh, go without saying and prayers and thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. Appreciate your weighing in this afternoon. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you taking on the issue. Thank you. Take care. You too. Peter Tabbins, the NDP MPP for Toronto Danforth. And we'll pick up on some of these talking points with our panel topics worthy of discussion seems to be this predominant one today. Coming up, Mike Van Solen, Kim Wright, and Anthony Fury next here on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.